Joe Biden has opened the floodgates to let in illegals. Literally, he literally opened floodgates. They welded open. They had these gates that were preventing water from coming in and flooding, and they have welded open a bunch of these floodgates. They're literally jammed in place and cannot be shut at the Arizona border with Mexico. And now that's allowing in tens of thousands of illegals per week. You can't make this stuff up. They're just waltzing on in through these 114 floodgates that they opened up to allow water to flow through. But instead of water, well, water's flowing through, but in addition to water, illegals are flowing through. You can't make this stuff up. All right, so we'll get to that coming up and so much more. Tonight's debate night. I'm recording this. This is very late Wednesday evening. Now, here's the story. The debate has taken place. I have not been able to watch the debate yet. So I'm going to have to discuss the debate and full analysis and all that next time around. I've seen couple of clips here and there. It does seem like the candidates got pretty feisty. The real question is, did anybody watch? And I looked around. They don't have the ratings in yet. So you had President Trump interviewed by Tucker Carlson up against the debate. And is anybody watching? I understand that people make a whole big deal out of this debate. You know, it is the first Republican debate of the primary season. But it's they're, they're calling it a debate for second place because uh, Trump has a commanding lead. So it's really a question of who's going to come in second. But look, they're saying Vivek Ramaswamy is the winner. That's what a lot of people are saying from what I've seen. Chris Christie did get feisty. I'm not a fan of Chris Christie. Chris Christie is a sellout, a turncoat. But, you know, the one thing about him is he he does know how to debate. You know, he does know how to kind of get the zingers in there. And, you know, he, he knows how to do the soundbite thing. So they're saying Chris Christie may have even come in second or third. And, and Nikki, Nikki Haley, so it's like Ramaswamy, Nikki Haley, Chris Christie, and DeSantis are, they're saying, the top four out of eight. But I don't know too many details about the debate, and I'll tell you why. I was actually well, taking my son, and my son is going off to Eretz Yisrael in a few days. He has a ticket, and he's, he's scheduled to travel, and I needed to spend some quality time with him. I'm going to miss him terribly, and I'm excited that he's going. I, I, I'm hoping Bezos Hashem will be a very wonderful, wonderful experience, but I'm going to miss him, and this was really the last chance we were going to have to spend some time together, so that definitely comes way, way, way before any kind of debate or anything politically related. But look, this is kicking off what I call the playoff season, okay? This is like, when you talk about uh, politics, it's like a sport in a certain sense, and the debates, of course, are the playoffs. That's how I look at this, so it's a very, very exciting moment, despite the fact that Trump is not participating in the debates, and he's right to, as I've said so many times, no, he's not a coward, it's a smart move, it's the only possible move, I mean, to give a bunch of credence to a bunch of people. I mean, most Americans wouldn't recognize Asa Hutchinson if, or Doug Burgum if they smacked them in the face. I'm saying most Americans would have no clue who these people are. They need to wear name tags, and they're going to be up there with the former president who's, winning, who's beating them by, by over 60 points. I mean, it, it would be just so denigrating for Trump to be up there on the debate stage, not to mention the abuse that he would take, and they would gang up on him. All right, so, and a lot of other things to get to. The, 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 the flood, welcome to the Yaakov M. Show on Vin News, Yeshiva International, Nucky Radio, and so many other uh, podcasting platforms. Send me an email, josh at vinnews.com, josh at vinnews.com. So these open floodgates have become the busiest point of entry for illegals into the United States. They're coming, and, and they're not just coming from Mexico. This is unreal. They are coming across through these floodgates from China and India. Okay, and, and, and no doubt that in addition to Chinese spies infiltrating through the southern border, there are going to be um, uh, radical Islamic terrorists coming through the, 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 the coming across the border this way. 
And the illegals, here's what they do. This is literally, they buy airplane tickets and travel to Mexico and then go through Mexico and claim, to, of course, to be refugees and asylum seekers. And what's amazing is the illegals say that it's much harder to get through Mexico than it is to get through the southern border into the United States. They say Mexico is the tough part. Mexican officials are the ones that give them a hard time. But getting into the United States, CBP, not a problem. They just waltz on right in. No resistance. Nobody trying to stop them. So this is actually according to the New York Post. What happened is they, 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 they opened 114, these huge gates, welded them open, these floodgates, to allow water to flow through monsoon season. And in addition, they're allowing for the migration of, ant, of an endangered species of antelope. So th this is all officially a pretext of the climate, which is just laughable and ridiculous. Uh, an average of 1,400 illegals are coming across through these open floodgates, and the border agents are completely overwhelmed. And here's what one Ecuadorian migrant said. He said, quote, we thought the agents were going to tell us something, but we just walked in. And then another Cuban illegal coming across, he said, it was so easy to get into the United States, nothing like our journey through Mexico. That part was hard. I thought there was going to be more security. So it's unbelievable. They're saying, listen, we expected there to be security. We expected it to be hard to get into the United States. We thought that these border officials would actually give us a tough time, actually try to stop us and actually try to grill us and maybe send us away. That's what happened in Mexico. But no, that, that didn't happen. They just let us waltz right on in. No questions asked. No, 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 nothing. Not stopping us, not trying to send us back. I mean, it's just, it's unreal. All right. So let me say this. And again, I'm going to talk a little bit about debate strategy, because like I said, I only saw a couple of clips here and there. Um, Vivek looked strong. And here's the point, okay? There are two strategies here, two opposing strategies. One strategy is to be like Trump and to support Trump and to sound like Trump. And the other strategy is to try to blast and bash Trump and try to slam Trump and try to distance yourself from Trump. So let me say this to Ron DeSantis, Mike Pence, Senator Tim Scott. Um, the worst thing you could do in these debates, the worst thing you can do at rallies, if you want to somehow get ahead in the poll, and I don't think any of these people have a chance, but slamming Trump, distancing yourself, trying to condemn Trump is just a bad move. It's like if you want to be like a great football quarterback and you say, all right, let me see what Tom Brady does and let me do the opposite. You know, let's see how Steve Jobs designed the iPhone. I want to make a, a smartphone. So let me see what Steve Jobs did for the iPhone and let me do the opposite of what Steve Jobs did. Like, here, buy my phone because it has a lot of buttons and it's complicated, and it has no touchscreen, and it's confusing and heavy and clunky and slow and has a terrible camera, like as opposed to the iPhone, which literally my two-year-old, my, my one-and-a-half-year-old, is able to use an iPhone as well as some adults. She's able to do things that I'm not able to do. I'm no exaggeration, okay? I'm not the savviest with the iPhone. There's the things I know I know, and then there's a bunch of things that I don't know, and with the photos and turning it into, like, videos and these collages and with, with the music background and all these cool things. And I'm amazed because, like, my, the, the, the iPhone, like, it knows, like, the names of, of people in the photos. Like, it actually knows the names of those people. It, it like, knows... Uh, how to make a collage of photos of one specific person and pull out the photos of just that person, which I guess is some kind of AI trick or something. They call it a smartphone for a reason because it's very smart. But uh, Steve Jobs, to his credit, he made it so simple with the one button and with the touch screen and with the apps. I mean, literally, a child under two years old is able to do amazing things with an iPhone, okay? It's because it's designed so ingeniously. 
So if you if something and that's why it's so popular with so many hundreds of millions of people, like when Steve Jobs, I think, was telling the Apple people when they first conjured up. Now we're all used to the iPhone. But when he first conjured up the idea and he said no buttons and they're like, what do you mean? No buttons. Whoever heard of a device with no buttons? He said no buttons, one button. And that's the most we're going to get. And obviously there's a couple of little the volume control, the on and off button, but like one button. And this blew people away. It was, they, 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 how could that be? I mean, everyone knew the remote controls and all the devices until then and the Blackberries. They had tons and tons of buttons. And Steve Jobs is like, that's the worst thing you can do. Designers, tech, tech geeks like buttons. The user doesn't want the button. The, the user wants simplicity. But without, I'm getting off on a tangent here, but, but that is Trump. Trump is the iPhone of political candidates. He figured out how to do it right. He's literally popular. He's literally the most popular politician in the country by far. Like 60% or 65% of Republican voters love him and admit to loving him. Then there's a good another 20 or 25% who secretly who say, well, I don't like me nasty tweets and January 6th and overthrew the election and all that danger, threat to society. And secretly, they also like him. So why on earth would you say, oh, vote for me because I'm not like Trump? But they're, they're baffled, these Republicans. They're scratching their heads. They're like, how does Trump, how does he keep crushing us in the polls every time he gets indicted for something? He, he, he gets a surge in the polls. I mean, it, it, the, the margin is like, we're not talking about Trump like leading by like a slim eight point margin. I mean, the man is leading by 40 to 50 to 60 points. He breaks all the rules. He was impeached twice. The insurrection, right? He withheld classified documents. He met with Kanye West. And he, like he told the, 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 the Georgia, whoever, Secretary of State of Georgia, he said, find me the votes. And like, they love him. And, and, and by the way, here's what's interesting. In, in order to take part in this debate, Chris, uh, Chris, all, the, all the candidates, including Christie and Pence, they had to take a pledge, they had to sign a pledge that they would support the eventual nominee. And remember, Mike Pence says he refuses to, to support Trump, who, by the way, chose him as his VP. But, but Mike Pence says Trump tried to overthrow the Constitution. I was not. Try, Trump tried to get me to not certify the election. I had to legally certify the election, which is not true. And my understanding is that that uh, that Trump was right and Pence was wrong. I, I can't say for sure. I'm not a I'm not a constitutional scholar, as you know. But Trump certainly had a very strong argument. But that's neither here nor there. The point is, Pence says, "Well, I can never support somebody like that." Chris Christie says, "I can never support Trump." Well, they signed a pledge saying they're going to support. They were asked about this. They said. Well, I don't think that Trump's going to be the nominee. Well, first of all, how could they not think he's going to be the nominee? I mean, his, 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 his numbers are off the charts. And second of all, what happens if and when he is the nominee? It'll be a huge embarrassment for them. Are they going to support him? Well, they signed a pledge. All right, so Jake Tapper. I don't have the clip. I, was, I wanted to play a clip, but we're going to have to skip it for now. But Jake Tapper, he admitted. Maybe we'll get this clip next time. He admitted that Joe Biden lied about Hunter Biden. Jake Tapper, Jake Tapper, CNN anchor Jake Tapper, who... Cannot stand Trump. He's, he's, he's in general. He doesn't like conservatives. J- Jake Tapper, as you'd expect on CNN, he's a leftist. He's a little bit more moderate. He's a little bit more fair. I'll give him that. But he's still quite left, quite liberal. And he actually said that Trump was right back in 2020 when Trump said that the Hunter Biden, Hunter Biden laptop was legit, was genuine, was not Russian disinformation, and Joe Biden lied and said it was Russian disinformation. And when Trump, you know, made, made, pointed out the accusations based on the Hunter Biden laptop, the emails, uh, incriminating emails about Joe Biden and the Biden crime family, and about Biden taking millions of dollars from foreign agents, foreign countries, and uh, and and amazingly, Jake Tapper admitted. Well, yeah, Trump was right, and Joe Biden lied when he claimed that the Hunter Biden laptop was Russian disinformation. This thing is 
totally unraveling for Joe Biden, and the Democrats are allowing it to happen. And I've said, I believe, firmly, the Democrats are desperate for Joe Biden to step down and not run again in 2020. I think Jill Biden is pushing for Joe Biden to run again in 2024, but I don't think too many Democrats want him. I think it's probably going to be Gavin Newsom, if I had to guess, who's going to be the nominee. Look, I have no idea. I mean, this is just idle, pure speculation. But either way, they just keep throwing Biden under the bus, as he should be. He should. He deserves to be under the He deserves to be in a nursing home. But other than that, he deserves to be under the bus. But Biden, you know, oh, you know, I mean, uh, this Hunter Biden scandal and the cover up and the fact that Joe Biden was so intertwined with Hunter's business dealings for all these years, I didn't even realize how corrupt Joe Biden was until all these bombshells, you know, just keep on just exploding. So pretty interesting. And uh, another story I want to talk about, of course, Maui and this horrific story in Hawaii with the wildfires. And it turns out that, you know, and not to politicize this, but it turns out that there, there were politics involved because they were not they were not able to get water to put out these wildfires. I mean, it's a horrific. It's an unspeakable tragedy what happened in Hawaii and Maui. And it's ongoing. These people are suffering terribly. And they waited for hours to get water. And the people in charge of the water delivery, literally, for political reasons, they didn't want to supply water. We'll read you that story here a little bit later on. But they didn't want to supply water because of the because of environmental reasons. So for environmental reasons, they couldn't put out these fires. These woke leftists, it's, it's just completely, completely disgraceful. I mean, it's just unthinkable. But Joe Biden, President Biden, after for days not even discussing the wildfires and the tragedy that took place in Hawaii and in Maui. He finally visited. He was in, uh, vacationing in Las Vegas, and there's a scandal regarding that. We'll get to a little bit later because he may have rented a place in Vegas from a, a mega donor, a billionaire Democrat donor, illegally. Biden may have rented his the house that he rented in, in Lake Tahoe, somewhere in Nevada. But um, either way, Biden finally went to Maui, and then he started telling the victims about a story that happened when he was involved in a fire and tried to compare, and the, 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 he, he basically lied and fabricated a story. There was some kind of small, minor fire that took place in Joe Biden's kitchen like 20-something years ago, but it, it doesn't connect on, on any level to the horrific devastation, to the magnitude of the devastation in Hawaii. And Joe Biden's in there trying to, like, equate his kitchen fire to this wildfire in Maui that just it was just horrific. And, and he's getting slammed for it, as he should be. But there's some Democrat senator who defended Joe Biden and basically said, well, yeah, he has a unique way of empathizing with people. They're defending Biden. They're, you know, Biden, he does this. He goes places. He lies. He lies about his own son. His son, tra- his son Bo Biden, tragically uh, passed away several years ago, and he, Biden, Joe Biden has nu- on numerous occasions lied and claimed that Bo Biden died in Iraq. He didn't die in Iraq. He was a soldier at one point, I believe, so he may have served in Iraq, but he didn't die in Iraq. He died in the United States. So Joe Biden, he goes and he just he just lies. I mean, he's almost a serial liar, almost a pathological liar. And he's, well, he has a unique way of empathizing. He, he likes to empathize with people, and he does it in a unique way. Yeah, a unique way. He lies. He makes up stories in order to try to console people. I mean, it's just egregious. So here's what happened. In the early 2000s, there was a fire in Joe Biden's home. At the time, the AP said it was small and contained to the kitchen. The Delaware fire chief said they got to the home quickly. Situation was under control in minutes. Yet Joe Biden compared the Hawaii wildfire to his minor kitchen fire, 
He said, quote, I don't want to compare difficulties, but we have a little sense, Jill and I, of what it's like to lose a home years ago. I was in Washington doing Meet the Press. It was a Sunday. Lightning struck at home um, and hit a wire and came up underneath our home into the heating ducts. To make a long story short, I almost lost my wife, my 67 Corvette, and my cat. But all kidding aside, sounds like that was some kind of bizarre joke. But, but all kidding aside, I watched the firefighters, the way they responded. And he said they ran into flames in his home to save his wife and his family. Not a joke. The smoke uh, sometimes is so thick from the windows out, it was that thick, in, that thick inside the home. We were insured. We didn't have any problem. But being out of our home for a better part of a year was difficult. So who knows if any of that is true. But certainly he's totally exaggerating the story. And he has a unique way of empathizing with people. Yeah, by making up stories and talking about these absurd anecdotes that happened to him that have no bearing on the uh, uh, unthinkable suffering, horrific, horrific suffering that these people are tragically going through. So like I said, the government of Maui refused to provide water to fight wildfires, literally because of their woke political agenda. This is according to OutKick. I'm reading you from OutKick. Quote, an Obama-supported Hawaiian state official has been reassigned after he allegedly refused to transfer water that would have helped firefighters battle the Maui wildfires. His reason is he's an environmentalist. He believes water should be used in certain situations. There's been a big debate in Hawaii in recent years whether there should be additional water resources used. And it may sound crazy, but in 2023, agendas take precedence over logic, and innocent people can literally die. Uh, according to Civil Beat, Hawaii Department of Land and Natural Resources Deputy Director Kaleo Manuel balked at Maui firefighters when they requested that he open up reservoirs and streams as the wildfires rain, raged out of control. Firefighters pleaded. They said they used all the water. They were desperate for any help. Manuel, in charge of the water resources for Hawaii, delayed their request. He said he wanted a formal request in order for agri- uh, given to one of the landowners, used it for agricultural purposes. So basically, they're sitting there battling these wildfires, begging for more water, and he said he wanted a formal request. This bureaucratic hack, I'm quoting here from OutKick, wanted a written proposal. Um, the request eventually went through, but by then it was too late. So really, really just disgraceful that they politicized this and that they wouldn't allow them to have water because of environmental concerns. All right, mask mandates are coming back. I mean, you cannot make this stuff up. There's an uptick in COVID. Now, COVID, thankfully, it's not nearly as serious, not even as close to serious as basically if somebody's not elderly, if somebody doesn't have uh, underlying conditions, then while COVID can be certainly annoying. It, you know, it can certainly be um, not fun, not ple- unpleasant. I, I get that. But, you know, thankfully, it's not deadly. It's not severe. So, it, you know, it may be pretty contagious, but the current strains of COVID are, you know, essentially a different version of the flu. And yet they are bringing, they are using it to bring back lockdowns. There's rumors that there's going to be all sorts of COVID restrictions um, b- imposed by governments in different places, these liberal governments. I mean, it's just, it's just insane. It's just insane. And again, follow the science. Follow the science. Where's the data? If anything, there are so many studies that show that masks are ineffective. Logic would dictate that masks are ineffective. We told you this so many times. The, the masks that they're mandating, which are um, basically you know, either you can get away with a cloth mask or one of these surgical masks, not KN95 masks, where, where uh, anything can get, particles can get through, and these masks are a joke. I'm not saying that you have to wear those masks, but, but those fulfill the mask mandate, and those are worthless masks. And we don't even know if any masks work, but certainly not the masks that people are wearing. 
And uh, now there's some college in Atlanta that, 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 that's t- telling students they need to do social distancing, they need to do mask wearing, and just, just a bunch of other restrictions. It really is absurd and out of control. Right, America, Mayor Eric Adams visited Israel, and he says he wants to learn from the Israelis. He wants to learn how to fight anti-Semitism back in New York. And somebody made the point, and it's a great point. Are you kidding me? I mean, the, the, he's going to go to Israel, and he's going to learn from the Israelis how to battle anti-Semitism. The, 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 in Israel, the anti-Semitism comes from Arabs, comes from, from Palestinians, period. That's not the story in New York, at least not for the most part. New York, the, the vast majority of anti-Semitism comes from minority communities, comes from Eric Adams' own community, and comes from a- African-Americans and minorities. I mean, they are the ones who are carrying out the anti-Semitic attack period, so uh, attacks. So they're, there's, they're the people you need to address. And Mayor Eric Adams, obviously, um, with his background and his upbringing, is, 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 should not have a tough time figuring out which communities to be focusing on if he wants to stop anti-Semitic attacks in New York. But he's going to Israel, and he's going to see how they deal with Palestinian terrorists. It's just, it's just unreal. And look, the migrant crisis, they are sending illegals. They, have, they are totally out of space, out of resources, out of, fun, out of funding, um, and, and, and so many other things that they give these illegals. They just New York City has been totally, totally drained and wiped out, and they have nowhere to put these illegals, and they don't have the money to give, the, to give illegals the free food and the free health care and everything else, all these freebies. Because it's just so out of control, it's obscene. It's just, it's, it's unfathomable. Millions of people have crossed the border under Joe Biden. I mean, it's only been like two years, a little bit more than two years of Joe Biden's presidency, two and a half years. And something like six million illegals have entered the country under Joe Biden. Six million, it's a massive number. Where do you think these people go? And you tell me, well, it's not that big a drain, and maybe they're working and helping the economy. They're coming and they're living in sanctuary cities. They're being given hotel rooms. They're living off of, feeding off of our tax dollars. Billions and billions of dollars are being uh, forked over to these illegals because of this migrant crisis, emergency funding, whatever other crazy scams they use to get you know, taxpayer dollars to fund this stuff. So don't tell me that this is a good thing. And they're, of course, going to all become Democrat voters, and they bring crime and disease, tons of diseases they bring across. I mean, it, 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 the, the situation is totally, totally out of control, it, like, like, like beyond anyone's wildest imagination. And Eric Adams, like how he's the one guy who didn't see it coming. I mean, so many conservatives, so many people have been warning about this for the last couple of years that this is going to happen in New York City. Now they're sending people to Floyd Bennett Field, they're sending people to Randall's Island. They're literally sending these illegals, they're creating in parks, in public parks and in public areas, they're creating these huge, huge compounds and these, these huge, uh, gigantic homeless tents and homeless shelters. And these people are just crawling all throughout the city, throughout New York City. And, uh, and, and, and everybody, so we all saw this coming. And, New York, and, and Eric Adams, the one guy who didn't see it coming. And then what's so egregious is that Eric Adams has gone to court and, and he's filed a motion in court, the right to shelter. They want to basically... Uh, and the right to shelter, New York City, which, 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 which is not an illegal thing. It's not about migrants. It's about homeless people. So they don't want to totally abolish the right to shelter, but, they, but what they want to do is they want a judge to rule 
that New York City cannot abide by the right to shelter, if New York City runs out of resources, runs out of money, or runs out of space and isn't able to house homeless people, then the right to shelter is out the window. Then homeless people are not, are, are not going to be entitled to, to public housing if New York City can't afford it or if New York City doesn't have the wherewithal the resources to do it, which, of course, would then mean that basically anytime city officials say, sorry, we're not going to give you a home, we're not going to give you a shelter, they don't have to give a shelter, sorry, we're out of, we're out of funding, we're out of resources. And what's disgraceful is, and of course the media, everybody's ignoring this, they're giving him a pass, Mayor Eric Adams, two points here. Number one, like, like isn't, that, isn't that the Trump platform? Isn't that the Trump agenda, the Trump policy? Like, suddenly you realize that the migrant crisis is totally out of hand. And by the way, the majority of them, a few of them were bused to New York by DeSantis and by Texas Governor Abbott. The vast majority of illegals were bused into New York by George Soros. They're bused into New York by these leftist organizations, these, these leftist pro-migrant organizations. These pro-migrant organizations, they send them, don't think they don't send them to New York City. They're sending in New York City. They know that New York City is where they're going to get all the free stuff, all the best programs, or you know, the shelter, the money, the food, everything else, the health care. So, of course, they're sending them to, to cities like New York City. So it, this is not coming from, from the Republicans. This is coming from their own, their own people. And, and it's funded by, by people like George Soros. But anyway, Eric Adams is suddenly going to court to, to fight against housing illegals. So imagine if Trump did that. Imagine what Republicans do. Eric Adams... He's adopting the Republican conservative agenda, which is the government can't support these illegals. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You know, we're, we're like, where's Ocasio on this? Where are all the woke leftists on this? Where, when Eric Adams is now, um, is now, has now become anti-migrant and anti-illegal and anti-homeless and saying, we're going to court to fight so that we don't have to support these people. But what's really disgraceful is, Think about this. Now they're going to – if the judge rules in New York City's favor and, – and obviously I think that this is the correct move, but I'm the one who's saying you've got to shut down the borders to begin with. Let's say open borders bring millions in, but then we're going to fight against the law that says that we actually have to house them and we have to be their sanctuary. The hypocrisy is stunning. It's mind-boggling, the, 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 the level of hypocrisy here. And uh, the, the disingenuousness. But what's amazing is who's going to suffer? Now homeless people, right? New York City residents, American citizens who are homeless, New York City's not going to have space for them because they're too busy and already doesn't because they're too busy housing these illegal, these migrants. So look at that. They're throwing their own New York City residents under the bus because the migrants are coming in and taking over and getting all the shelter. But now they're going to court and saying that they want to take away the law that says that New York City is forced to house and shelter homeless people. I mean, it is just so, so, so outrageous and disgraceful. All right, we got a couple of calls. Your caller said, uh, don't impeach Biden. We asked if they're going to impeach Biden and if they should impeach Biden. And a caller says, do not impeach Biden because he says it's just going to mean that Biden can't run in 2024 and it's either going to be Kamala or it's going to be Gavin Newsom or Michelle Obama or some other. I think the caller said it'll be Michelle Obama, which is certainly... You know, a valid um, point. I mean, it may be Michelle Obama. You certainly have to wonder if, if Biden, now Biden gets impeached doesn't mean he can't run because he won't be convicted. He's not going to be convicted in the Senate. Impeachment is like an indictment. Then they go to trial. So it's not like if Biden gets impeached. But I guess the theory is that if Biden gets impeached, that he'll probably step down and not run again. Who knows? Maybe. But either way, the caller says just don't impeach Biden. Yes, he deserves to be impeached. Yes, he's com- yes he's been involved in the most corrupt political scandals in history, but 
just not a good idea politically because it's going to hurt us because then because Biden's the weakest possible candidate, Democrat candidate that we could ever conceive of. It's a good point. My problem is how come Democrats never think that way? How come the Democrats never say, all right, you know what, we're not going to. We're not going to impeach Trump because Trump is easier to beat than everybody else, right? Assuming that they think Trump is easier to beat. Who knows? I, I think they don't think that. We told you about Obama, who says behind the scenes that uh, Trump's being underestimated. But either way, the Democrats, it's always like, just get him, okay? Just crush him. Crush him. Why can't we crush Biden? Especially crush Biden deserves to be impeached. Trump did not never deserve to be impeached. In fact, the Trump's first impeachment was over the call to Zelensky, where he was literally trying to dig up the dirt on Biden that now, finally, after all these years, is being exposed. So I don't agree. I, to me, if you can impeach him, you impeach him. Worry about the details and the consequences later. I understand that maybe that means Michelle Obama runs in 2024, but I'm not thinking about that. I want to impeach Biden, okay? I want to finally, finally beat them at their own game. Another caller said, you know, we were talking about how on my vacation, on my trip, uh, they had these divided garbage cans, not just in public areas and parks, but in the hotel room, literally in the hotel room, the garbage can was divided into two sections, and I had to figure out which one the paper cups were supposed to go into, and the paper plates and plastic forks and whatever other garbage, like, which section do they go into, even though it's bogus, because like I said, none of them really end up getting recycled anyway. I don't, at least I don't believe that, that they do. Um, a caller said that he, when he was at the National Zoo a few years ago in Washington, D.C., he said they had the same story. They had like two garbage cans. One regular garbage, one recycling. And he said at clo- he happened to see it at closing time or at the end of the day when they were, like, emptying out the garbage cans, the workers. And he said they actually just they just combined them. They literally combined it all into one bag. So the whole thing was just a sham. It was just a joke, uh, which um, doesn't surprise me one bit. All right, so there's been an explosive rate of near misses. Air traffic controllers apparently have been not doing their job very well and have uh, been there's just been a lot of the New York Times actually reported on this that there's been a lot of close calls and near misses at airports uh, that these airplanes have come very close to basically crashing into each other. You'll hear stories every few weeks um, where, you know, one airplane was on a runway and the other plane was supposed to land and then had to abort its landing or abort takeoff or you know, uh, near misses. As somebody once said, it shouldn't be called a near miss. It should be called a near hit. It's not a near miss. It's a miss. It's a near hit. But either way, it's called a near miss. But there have been a lot of close calls. These air traffic controllers apparently uh, have become, uh, at least some of them, are extremely incompetent and um, are are getting dangerously close to having, and I don't want to get anybody nervous here, but but I guess commercial um, airplanes uh, nearly collide with each other. It's happening too frequently, and it's scary. Well, coincidentally, well, you know, what's the cause of that? Well, coincidentally, it seems that air traffic controllers lately have been chosen not based on merit and qualification, but based on race. So it well, isn't that a shock. I guess it may just be coincidence, but it turns out they're using affirmative action now to choose air traffic controllers as opposed to who's the most qualified, which is nuts. So, you know, is that a coincidence here? There's more human error among air traffic controllers and affirmative action hiring, they're choosing people based on race and um, based on quotas and not based on ability. And that would mean that there are less qualified air traffic controllers because they're choosing them based on, like, skin color. Coincidentally, uh, there are more close calls, and air traffic controllers are failing um, more often and uh, allowing planes to nearly collide with each other. That's very frightening, but you'd have to think that there's a link there, and others have made this point. It's not my point. Others have made this point that under Obama, here, I'm going to read you here from Charlie Kirk, 
According to the New York Times, there's an exploding rate of close, close calls due to rising human error and mistakes by air traffic controllers. Incidentally, eight years ago, the Obama administration started pushing the FAA away from merit-based hiring toward race-based affirmative action hiring for air traffic controllers. So the left will literally kill innocent people in the name of race-based hiring. Um, all right, President Biden, he had a bunch of aliases. We'll have to really explore this more in depth at a different time. But President Biden, as he, when he was VP, had a bunch of aliases, and he would email um, he'd send out emails, and actually uh, Hunter Biden was CC'd on these emails um, with Joe Biden's account where he was using a fake name. The email to Joe Biden's alias account, which was Robert L. Peters, contained an attachment. House investigators last Thursday requested the National Archives disclose it to Congress. Um, Hunter Biden was CC'd on an email concerning Ukraine from Joe Biden's alias Robert Peters. Pretty astonishing stuff. Hunter Biden's laptop contained 27 emails linked to Joe Biden's Robert L. Peters alias. Uh, many of the emails are personal, unrelated to government business. However, others possibly capture official government business. Pretty amazing. So we will keep an eye on that. Um, Hunter Biden's lawyers. This is a bombshell. Hunter Biden's lawyers actually last year warned prosecutors that they, the defense team, would put President Biden on the stand to testify if criminal charges were ever brought against Hunter. So they actually threatened President Biden that if criminal charges, and of course we know about the the now collapsed um, sweetheart plea bargain deal that prosecutors had, but they actually warned prosecutors, Hunter Biden's defense team, that if Hunter was ever charged criminally, that they would um, subpoena President Biden to the, to the witness stand. Hunter's lawyer Chris Clark wrote a letter to prosecutors last October um, after... The news was leaked that there was evidence to charge Hunter Biden with a felony for buying a firearm while he was addicted to cocaine. Clark said if the DOJ charged Hunter, the the defense would be forced to put Joe Biden on the stand. Literally, this is a letter obtained by Politico. It says, quote, President Biden unquestionably would be a fact witness for the defense in any criminal trial. So they threatened prosecutors. So they threatened. Yeah. And uh, they threatened the president. And then, lo and behold, Hunter Biden gets this sweetheart plea bargain deal, except thankfully a Trump-appointed judge shot it down, recognizing that it was bogus, that it was a ridiculous, ridiculous plea bargain deal. Joe Biden is selling off material that was supposed to be used to build the border wall. This is egregious. Um, Republicans are trying to pass legislation that would finish construction of the border wall that Trump started. Trump built hundreds of miles. In response, the Biden administration is selling off millions of dollars of border wall materials, apparently, by the way, at a discount price. So they're selling off um, these beams that were literally earmarked for construction of the border wall. These steel beams, it's very, very, very disgraceful. The American taxpayers, of course, paid for this. And by the way, people buying it are getting at a discount, so they're getting at a good deal. But the reason Biden's doing this is political. It's not as a money maker for the government. I'm sure the government's going to lose plenty of money. They always do. He's doing this in order to prevent Republicans from completing construction on the border wall, which, of course, the Republicans are totally at fault for because they should have done it while Trump was president instead of not funding him and forcing Trump to do it on his own. And it took many, many years longer than it should have as a result. Remember, Trump shut down the government demanding funding for the border wall. Republicans and Democrats still, neither side, they still would not. They still refuse to budge. Um, all right, so Tom Steyer is being investigated. Tom Steyer is a billionaire Democrat mega donor. 
He's being investigated for allegedly violating vacation home rental policies in Nevada. This is amazing. Biden, Joe Biden, I don't remember a president um, vacationing at like a private rental home, but Biden rented Steyer's $18 million property for a six-day vacation in Lake Tahoe, Nevada. They, the White House says that Biden paid fair market value, probably a lot of money for an $18 million property. Um, but uh, a local resident has filed a complaint against Tom Steyer. They say that he doesn't have a permit. You need a special permit there for vacation home rentals. So assuming that Biden, if Biden didn't rent it, if he got it for free, then that would cause all sorts of scandalous issues because Tom Steyer is a big donor. So the president has to, like, pay for this. I don't know if he did or he didn't, but officially he has to. Probably to use tax dollars, I'm guessing, for the president's vacation. So it's you and me paying for it. But they're saying that he rented it. And if he did rent it, then Tom Steyer may have actually broken the law. And uh, he could face a fine of up to $20,000, which is not that much money in the scheme of things. It is maybe for you and me, but not for Tom Steyer. All right, that's going to do it for, for today. Hopefully next time we will give you our analysis of this big Republican debate, minus Trump. So not nearly as entertaining, but it sounds like there were some fireworks. That's going to do it for today. And we will see you next time.